Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Um, Today, we're going to take a little break from this series called The Table. Um, I just felt an assignment from the Lord for today with everything happening in Israel. And I know that everything happened many days ago, but last week I totally felt like the Lord still wanted me to bring that message on the spirit of offense. How many of you are like, that was a good message, okay? Yes, thank you, thank you. Go back, listen to it. So many people are like, I've been re-listening to it. Oh, there's so much good content. And listen, I'm not bragging on myself. It's, it's all the Lord, it's the word of God, okay? But I felt like I needed time to bring the right response. And I've really been feeling this for a few months where the Lord has been pressing on me about the topic that we're going to deal with today. And I've just been really waiting for the right moment. And the Lord was like, this is the moment. And so we're going to take a moment to pause that series. We'll come back to it next week. But we're going to jump into a topic today. We're going to name this topic, Is This the End? Okay, if you got something to take notes, I want you to take notes today because I promise you the Lord's going to speak to you. Matthew chapter 16, verse 2, Jesus answered them, you can read the signs of the weather, red sky at night, sailors delight, red sky in the morning, sailor take warning. You're so, you're so, uh, you're so adaptable to forecasting the weather and looking at the sky. But here's what he says, but you are absolutely clueless in regarding the obvious signs of the times the obvious signs of the times. Isaiah chapter five, verse 20 says this, what sorrow for those who say evil is good and good is evil. Dark is light and light is dark. Bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes for they think to themselves that they are so clever. Second Timothy chapter four, verse three. For a time is coming when the people will no longer listen to sound, wholesome teaching. They will be following their own desires. They will look for teachers. And this word teachers could be looked at in a lot of different perspectives. They're looking for people that will do what? Tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. So Matthew, Isaiah, 2 Timothy is all warning us of what? A time. And I need you to get this in in your spirit. I need you to get this in your head. They're talking about an exact time. And I know that the Bible was written thousands of years ago and it has applied to every generation. But these verses I'm talking about right now and what we're gonna look at today, the Bible was pointing to an exact time in history. And I really, truly believe, and the reason I'm going to believe this is because I'm going to show you biblically today that we are in that time. The Bible is warning us that we would be so distracted that we couldn't have the ability to see obvious signs Obvious moments in history, obvious things happening in our world, happening around us that point to what? That you and I will be the generation that sees Jesus come back. He says, you're so distracted. You're so caught up. You're so disillusioned in your own life, your own worries and your own cares and your family and your kids and what's going on all the time that you can't see what? The obvious. The Lord goes, 
These are obvious signs. He's warning us of a time, a time where the world would murder unborn babies. He's warning us of a time that we would mutilate kids' bodies under the name of transgender. We would have perverse people, perverse adults, having access to little children, all in the name of love. He's warning us of a time when people would so be in love with their own opinion and their ideas and desires, they would look to anybody to validate their feelings. We're not so concerned about what God has to say. We're not so concerned about what the truth has to say. We're not so concerned with what the Holy Spirit has to say. We're more concerned with what somebody on social media or our friend can validate what we feel all the time. But we don't, we don't live by feelings. The Lord is warning us. He's saying there is a time. There's a time where people want God's truth to fit culture instead of culture fitting God's truth. Oh, I should have got an amen right there, right? Culture doesn't lead us. Politics don't lead us. The news doesn't lead us. What leads us? God's truth. God's word leads us. And as followers of Jesus, because that's why I believe you're here today, is because you go, I, I choose to follow Jesus. You and your family have to make a decision. Do we believe that the Bible is absolute truth? Or do we just want bits and pieces of it? Because that's what most people are doing right now. It's just bits and pieces. I like this part. I like this part. I don't like this part. I don't like when you talk about forgiving people. I don't like when you start talking about finances. I don't like when you talk about this issue. I don't like when you talk about abortion. I don't like when this happens. So we take bits and pieces of the Bible and we throw away the parts that we don't like. But you got to make a decision as a family. You got to make a decision as a people of God. Do we believe this as whole truth? Because that's where I stand, that's where Elevate Church stands, that we believe from cover to cover the entire book it is the foundation, the bedrock, the cornerstone of this church, of our life. Is it yours? Because here's what I'll tell you, your kids are watching. Your kids are watching. They're watching you serve Jesus or the lack thereof. You want to know why I love God's house? It's because my family showed me that growing up. We served, we gave, we were invested because my family was. They showed me what that looked like. I promise you the next generation is looking at you. And what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do about this time that we live in? So let's answer this question today. Is this the end, okay? And here's what I'll promise. My promise to you is this. I'm not gonna give you opinion today. I will not give you opinion. I will show you the Bible and then current events and how they line up, match perfectly. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for truth. Lord, we ask that you give us wisdom and revelation and understanding. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Get real loud for the worship team this morning. Okay, write this down. 30% of the Bible is prophecy. 
30% of your Bible is prophecy. Why? Jesus didn't want us to be in the dark. He wanted you to understand what time you live in. This is the greatest time in human history. You live in it. He wanted you to understand it. Most of, this is the most prophetic time in human history. The Bible talks, write this down, the Bible talks about the return of Jesus 329 times. 329 times in the Bible it talks about the return of Jesus. In the 216 chapters in the New Testament, the return of Jesus is talked about 318 times. 318 times. So for one out of every 30 verses in the New Testament, it talks about what? The return of Jesus. Why? He didn't want you to be in the dark. He wanted you to understand. He said, you can forecast the weather, right? I mean, we can go to the weather app, pull it up. Man, next 10 days looks sunny, and I promise you it probably will be sunny, right? He said, you can forecast you can forecast the weather, you can forecast financial systems, you can forecast all kinds of things about your life, but you are so distracted, you can't what? You can't figure out what time it is. So we're gonna talk about that today, and, and here's what I'm gonna do, okay? I'm gonna give you today 10 points. And I know you're like, oh God, I'm really hungry and I am not in the mood for 10 points, okay? I'm with you, okay? We're, I promise you, I'm gonna go fast. You need to pay attention. You need to follow along, okay? So point number one today is this. The war in Israel right now is about one thing. It's about land. It's about land. It's always been about land. Genesis chapter 15, verse 18. So the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and said to him, I've given you this land. This is the only time that God has ever spoken to a people group and said, this is your land. I'm giving you this land. I've destined this land for you. I've given you this land to you, your descendants, from all the way from the borders of Egypt to the great Euphrates River. Now, what's interesting about the Euphrates River is the Bible said that in the end days, in the last days, that the Euphrates River would dry up, bone dry, and the armies of Asia would come and cross that river. Do you know in the last 12 months, the Euphrates River has dried up bone dry? Just as the Bible told us would happen. So what's happening? God says, I made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and who? All their descendants. So all of the Jewish people that live today are the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he said, this is their land. I declare this is their land. I have given them this land. Now here's the deal. Politics, opinions, the world, Culture are gonna have a lot of different opinions about this piece of property. But here's the deal. I don't live by their basis. I live by the word of God. Oh, I should have got a better amen than that. I live by the word of God. So God declared that this little piece of land, just my wife said this to me the other day, so you're telling me all of this fighting, everything that's happening, everything that's happening around Israel is about this little tiny piece of land? Yes. And the enemy hates them, and he wants to steal it. Point number one, it's all about land. Point number two is this, elevate church, me, elevate church, us, we stand with Israel. 
we stand with Israel. Genesis chapter 12, verse three, the Lord says this, I will bless those who bless you. God makes a very clear promise. I promise you, if you will bless my people, if you'll bless the people of Israel, if you'll bless and stand with the people of Israel, my promise to you is what? I will bless you. He goes on to say, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. There is a reason why you live in one of the most blessed nations in the world. Do you know that? If you don't know that, please go on a missions trip. Please leave America. You will find out really quick just how blessed you are to live in America. And there has been a blessing upon America. Why? Because America has chosen through decades and decades to stand with Israel. And God goes, there's a blessing. Same reason why we as Elevate Church decided a couple years ago. The Lord said to me, to the Jew first and then the Gentile right? To the Jew first and then the Gentile. We're all the Gentiles. But the Lord said to the Jew first. So I decided, we decided as a church of the 12% that we're going to give away financially this year to world missions, the first 10% of that 12%, it's going to go to Israel. Amen? I, I want the blessing of God on this house. I want the blessing of God. That's his promise. He's made a covenant. I will bless those who bless Israel. So today, we declare that we bless Israel. We stand with Israel. That land is Israel's land. It will forever be Israel's land, and God will forever protect Israel and protect that land. And I promise you, Jesus is coming back, and he's going to set up his new kingdom right there on the mountaintop in Israel, in Jerusalem, and that is his land. Point number three, Israel reborn for the second time. It's the only nation in history that was reborn for a second time, and the Bible told us this would happen. Isaiah chapter 11 says this, then this will happen on that day. The Lord again, uh, uh, the Lord will acquire with his, ha his hand for a second time the remnant of his people who remain from Lower Egypt, Cush, Ethiopia, Persia, Babylonia, from the coastlands bordering the Mediterranean Sea. Verse 12, he will lift up a signal from the nations and assemble the outcasts of Israel, and he will gather the people of Judah from the four corners of the earth. May 14, 1948, Israel was reborn, just as the Bible told us would happen. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll reestablish my people. I'll gather my people from the four corners of the earth, and I will bring them back, and I will reestablish my people in my land that I chose for them. I'll reestablish them. So on May 14, 1948, Israel was reborn for the second time. And really, this is where the timeline begins. Okay, how do we know we're in the last days? Right here. Israel reestablished. Okay, that's our prophetic timeline. Now, point number four is this, Israel reborn in one day. Okay, Isaiah chapter 66, verse seven. Before the birth pains even began, Jerusalem gives birth to a son. Okay, remember, it's all about Israel, it's all about Jerusalem. Verse eight. 
Whoever has seen such a strange thing as this, whoever has heard of a thing such as this, a nation ever being born in a what? Single day? The Bible's talking about this. See, this is what's so cool about your Bible. See, you, you wanna know who we trust with the future? The one who knows the future. That's who we trust with our future, the one who actually wrote about the future and told us about the future. So really, today, when you see the Bible and what God spoke thousands of years ago, lining up with things that are actually happening and have happened in our lifetime, it should what? It should excite you. It should be like, wow, this is so cool that God would be so good to us, that he would speak to us about the future so that we wouldn't have to worry or be in fear or have anxiety about this, that we could actually be joyful and happy because we know that Jesus is coming back, right? So he says this, has a nation ever been reborn in a single day? Well, Israel was. At midnight, 1948, May 14th, at midnight, the government of Israel proclaimed the new state of Israel. And then here's where the blessing comes. Because President Harry Truman, that night, was not part of the group of people that did this, but was the first. The United States of America was the first nation to stand next to Israel on that day, one day, and proclaim, yes, Israel is a nation, and they are reborn today in America. We stand with them, and there has been a blessing upon America ever since. Bible told us this would happen. Point number five, 1967, the Six-Day War. Luke 21. For they'll be killed by the sword and sent away as captives. This happened, right? The Jews were spread all across the world, led away as captives. We've seen them as captives before to the nations of the world. And Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until what? The period of the Gentiles comes to an end. So in 1967, in June of 1967, Jerusalem was won back in the Six-Day War. So 1,900 years ago, the Bible prophesied what? That Jerusalem would be what? Won back. And the end of the Gentiles' reign would rule in the city of Jerusalem, and the people of, of God, the Jews, would have what? Reign in Jerusalem once again. Point number six, 1989, Russian Jews come home. You're like, Russian Jews, come home. Where are you going with this, Pastor? I'll show you. It's really cool. Jeremiah chapter 16. Instead, they will say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the people of Israel back to their own land. Remember this God. God has declared this is their land. This is their property. To their own land from where? The land of the north. So if we look at a world map and we look at the city of Jerusalem and we look at Israel and we go directly straight up, what is directly above them if you look at it on a world map? It is Moscow and it is Russia. And Jeremiah goes, I'm, I'm gonna bring my people back. 
This is so cool. 1989. I don't know if, if, if any of you remember this. I actually remember this as a kid. I was nine years old. I remember the Iron Curtain falling. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The Iron Curtain fell, and they were pushing the walls down. And this was a big deal because there was a lot of oppressed people in Russia. Russia had oppressed, especially what? The Jews. They had unfairly oppressed the Jews and were cruel to the Jews. But here's what's so cool about God. God goes, I never forget a promise. I never forget my word. I never forget what I've proclaimed. This is why every verse in the Bible is yes and amen. Every promise is yes and amen. Why? Because God never forgets anything that he says. God is always faithful to his people to rescue, to restore, and to renew his people. Amen? So he says, my people in the north, right? Russia, 1989, the walls come down. Did you know that since 1989, there has been 1.7 million Jews that have come back to Israel from Russia? How cool is that? We're, we're, look, uh, look, here's what's so great. I'm not telling you theories I'm not telling you perspectives. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm showing you biblically. The Bible said this would happen, and this is when it happened. We can't argue about that. The Bible told it, and then, it, I mean, you can look up all these stats. They're all on Google. Go search it. Go research it. Where, where do you think I got 1.7 million Jews going back from Russia? It's all, it's all out there. You can find it yourself. It's so cool. Point number seven is this. An increase of knowledge and travel. Increase of knowledge and travel. Daniel chapter 12, verse four. But to you, Daniel, he says, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Keep it sealed up. Listen, the spirit of the Lord takes Daniel because a large part of the book of Daniel is prophetic about the future. It's about a time that is now, that we live in now. And so he tells Daniel, he takes Daniel into the future and he shows him the future. I mean, can you imagine being in that time and that season of the earth and all of a sudden you get a picture of today and you're like, what is that massive bird flying in the air. I mean, I've never seen a bird like this before. It's really an airplane, right? D Daniel sees the future. He, does, he can't even explain. He can't even really grasp what he's been shown, but the Lord shows him and he says, listen, seal this up until the time of what? The end. The time of the end. And then he tells us how Daniel, how we all of us will know the time of the end. He says this. This is how you'll know it. Many will rush from here to there, and knowledge will increase. Okay, so I want to show you this. For thousands of years, humans could only travel about 20 to 25 miles a day. Okay? Because that was how far a horse could go. A horse could go 20 miles. A horse could go maybe 25 miles. That's why counties are divided by like 25-mile spreads. Do you actually know that? Every county in America is all spread up because of horses could go 25 miles. So if you were trying to get to the other county, it would take you a day to get to the other county. 
okay? So for thousands of years, human beings could only travel 20 to 25 miles a day, right? Uh, until, until what? Then things like trains came. My grandfather was born in 1909. I remember him telling me stories about how excited he was the first time he ever rode in a train. I mean, imagine this. The first time that he had the ability to ride, he said, we went so fast. He said, I had never gone that fast in my life. I rode on a train, right? So trains came, and then what happened? Cars came, and then buses came, and then what happened? Airplanes came, and then somewhere in the 50s, early 60s, it actually became feasible and affordable for humans to actually pay to fly on an airplane. And that brings us today, where you could go to CVG today, okay? Now, can you imagine if we didn't have cars and we had to go to CVG, right? And we're like, all right, you know, get the horse out of the garage and pack up all the supplies, you know what I mean? Aren't you thankful that we live now and we have cars and we have access to things? Praise God. You know what I mean? Could you imagine me like, it's going to take a four-day trip to get down to CVG, you know what I mean, on our horse and buggy here, you know? Listen, we get in a car and we drive 45 minutes to CVG, and today at CVG there are thousands of people going where? To and through all over the earth get on a plane. You'd be in California in five hours. It would would have taken you months, months to get to California. Well, we can check that box. That's happened, right? Just as the Lord said, they would go from here to there. He's prophesying. Check that box. And then he says what? He said there'll be an increase of what? Knowledge. Well, let me give you some stats on this. For thousands of years, especially like 1900, in 1900, in 1900, they declared that knowledge doubled every thousand years, okay? So for every century, knowledge would double. Until when? Until World War I, where knowledge started doubling at every 25 years, okay? So for centuries, Knowledge would double every thousand years. Then we get to World War I. Now knowledge doubles every 25 years to where we're at today. And where are we at today? Well, it says this. Clinical knowledge doubles at a rate of every 18 months right now. Most agree, I'm reading this, most agree that knowledge doubles on the internet every 12 hours. Every 12 hours on the internet, knowledge doubles. Okay, 23, the year of 23 is a year of AI. Did you know that? AI has come onto the scene. I just saw a commercial the other day where they have AI now in your photos, and if somebody's, you know, given a frowny face, it can actually make them smile in the picture. You know, it's a year of AI, and AI is crazy, because here's what I'll tell you. I was watching a uh, thing on 60 Minutes. It's, you know, the show 60 Minutes, the documentary uh, show, and they were talking about the year of AI and what AI's capabilities were, and, and one of the things that Google asked AI to do was to take a home internet router. How many of you have a home internet router? Raise your hand. Real high, okay? All of you that didn't raise your hand, you are liars in church, okay? You are absolute liars, because here's the truth. The reality is this. You would rather the water get shut off in your house than the internet to go out, okay? 
That, that's where we live at in, in 2023, okay? So Google asked AI, you can go watch this, this is on the internet. Google asked AI to use a home internet router and asked if the internet router could detect a shape of a human being in somebody's house. It took AI four minutes to figure that out. Then the Google asked AI, can you take the shape of the body through the home internet router and detect body heat thermal imaging? It took AI four more minutes through home internet routers. Then Google asked AI, can you determine the gender of that body in that room? It took AI five minutes. And the last step, they asked AI, could you put a facial recognition through the home internet router in everybody's home to the person in that room? It took AI another five minutes. You want to tell me we're not at the end? You want to tell me that the world's not ready to give you the mark of the beast? Just like the Bible told us it would happen? We went from knowledge doubling by centuries, that knowledge doubles by months. They say in a matter of weeks, knowledge is going to start doubling through AI every 14 days. You want to tell me we're not at the end? Not according to the Bible that I read. Point number eight is this. I don't even have time to read all the scripture. Second Thessalonians. Oh my gosh, my mouth is dry right now. Oh, it's real dry. Second Thessalonians chapter two. It says this, there would be a great falling away. Not the world. The world's already lost. It's talking about the church. People would be so distracted. They'd be so tricked and deceived by the devil that instead of worshiping Jesus, they would worship sports. I love all of sports. You know, I'm a big sports guy. I love playing sports. I love being active in sports. But sports do not rule my life, nor do they rule my family's life or my kid's life. We don't worship sports. Instead of worshiping Jesus, they would worship artists. Instead of worshiping Jesus, they would worship money. Instead of worshiping Jesus, they would worship fame. Instead of worshiping Jesus, they would just worship self. The Bible says in the end days that people would become what? Lovers of themselves. And it said, there'll be a great falling away. You'll know that you're at the end of the age when there's a great falling, people going, I once believed in Jesus, I put my faith in Jesus, we went to church, we were faithful, and, and now we don't even go anymore. How many people have you talked to like that? Great falling away, deceived. Point number nine, the two witnesses. Revelations chapter 11, verse seven. See, there's two witnesses in the tribulation period. And, and let me tell you, and I don't even have time to go into all this, but I'm, let me tell you, you're not gonna be here. 
Don't worry about the tribulation. If you're a believer in Jesus, you're a follower in Jesus, there is a thing called the rapture of the church, and people always go, well, how can you prove that? Well, I promise you another day, another time, I'll prove it to you, but here, here's what I can tell you. How many of you remember the Old Testament? How do you remember Noah? The Bible says that Noah and his family were the only righteous ones on the earth, and so what did God have to do with Noah? Noah had to be protected, and his family had to be protected because they were righteous. God couldn't bring wrath upon the earth until the boat was made, and Noah and his family were shut up tight in it and protected so that the wrath didn't touch Noah and his family. Why? Because they were righteous. Now, how many of you know because of the blood of Jesus and what he did on the cross, you are the righteousness of Christ Jesus in him today? Come on, you should be excited. He's got to get the righteous out before he brings wrath. So in the tribulation, he raises up two witnesses. I think they're probably Enoch and Moses. I don't know exactly who they are, but there's two witnesses, and they witness day and night about Jesus, and they prophetically speak about Jesus. And what are they doing? They're actually protecting the temple builders because they're rebuilding the temple. They have the ability for fire to come out of their mouth. It's crazy. They're protecting the temple builders because they have to rebuild the temple because the Bible says, this is what the truth is. Jesus is going to reveal himself to his brethren just like the book of Joshua, not Joshua, Joseph. Joseph, what, what happened at the end of Joseph's story? He goes, brothers, it was me all along. I'm here to protect you, it's me. It was a precursor to Jesus. See, Jesus is going to protect Israel during the seven-year tribulation time, and Jesus is going to reveal himself to his brethren. So for seven years, they got to go back into Old Testament time. That's why they have to rebuild the temple. Did you know that they already have plans to rebuild the temple? I mean, blueprints. I know they don't talk about this on the news, but there's blueprints right now to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem right now. Did you know that they were working with a farmer in Oklahoma to make perfect red spotless heifers and they did it and they transported them to Israel for what? For the sacrifice? They've already done this. Did you know that the ritual baths in Jerusalem a year ago started filling up with water out of nowhere? So they're getting ready. <laughs> They're getting ready. So it says this in verse 7. When they finished their testimony, the beast ascended from the bottomless pit and made war against them, overcoming them and killing them. And their dead bodies lied in the streets of the great city of Sodom and Egypt where the Lord was crucified. And from there, people, from peoples, peoples, from every tribe, tongue, nation, language, saw their dead bodies. That's just so cool. In 1920, a pastor from East Texas, he said this, the return of Jesus can't happen until two things happen. Israel is reborn as a nation, and everybody on earth could watch the two witnesses. Now, me, I grew up with this cassette tape set called Left Behind. Anybody grow up that way, right? I'm not talking about CD even. I'm talking about cassette tapes the Left Behind series. And, and I grew up with that. We would take these long trips to boring North Dakota, and we would drive 18 hours, and we would have the Left Behind tape in there, and they would be talking. And I remember one time they're talking about the two witnesses, and everybody on earth 
watching the two witnesses. And the Bible says that after the two witnesses are killed, that people on earth celebrate, they're sending gifts to each other, they're having parties. They really hate these two witnesses, okay? Because these two witnesses have the power to release death on the earth, to release curses on the earth, plagues on the earth. So they're excited when the beast overcomes them. And it says that every nation, every tongue, every being can see these. And I remember growing up thinking, how? How? How could this happen? How could this be? Because listen, I've grown up in multiple generations, right? I grew up in the 80s. Anybody grow up in the 80s? Like G.I. Joe, I'm talking about the 80s, the cool 80s, okay? And then I grew up in the 90s where I had a thing called a beeper. Anybody have a beeper before? Not a doctor that had a beeper, but you had a beeper and you thought like, I am bawling out, I got a beeper. I am that, I am that person. I got me a beeper. That was me in the 90s, right? I've lived in generations where, look, do you know that in your hand, in your kid's hand, they hold a supercomputer? They hold a supercomputer where they can see and access things from what? All around the world at a moment's notice. Did you know that there are 6.2 billion smartphones in the world right now? To what? So that everybody can see. <laughs> it's coming. The Bible's fulfilling right before your eyes. Right before your very eyes. Point number 10. Come on, give it up for yourselves. You went through 10 points today. Get loud for yourselves today. Point number 10, divide the land. Divide the land. Divide the land. Joel chapter 3, verse 1. For behold, in those days and that time, it's the time, we're in the time, when I will bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them on account of my people and their heritage, whom have scattered my people around the nations and have what? Have also divided my land. Joe Biden, world leaders, the UN, I promise you, you're gonna see it. I promise you, mark my words, you will see it in the days and the months to come with this conflict in Israel right now. I promise you, what is it about? It's about land. And, and, and the world's gonna come together, the UN's gonna come together, and they have a solution. It's called the two-state solution. And they're gonna do what? And, and most people are gonna go, yeah, that makes sense. Come on, two-state solution. The Palestinians and Israel, they can both occupy the land. But God goes, nope, it's my land. That's my land. And that's my people. And I gave them that land. And we're gonna, what? We're gonna divide the land. I promise you it's gonna happen in the next few months. We're gonna divide the land just as God said. And then he said what? In Ezekiel 38, I'm gonna bring everybody, all the nations of the world to the valley of Jehoshaphat and I'm gonna bring judgment upon them for it. What's happening right now? You got China, you got Russia, you got Iran. They're all signing agreements. I don't know if you ever pay attention to this, but they're all in agreement and they're building nuclear capable places on the border, bases on the border of Israel right now. 
Did you know that they are being constructed right now? So you go, man, pastor, what do I do with all this? Right? Because we can just go, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm going to just turn my head. I'm going to just pay attention to what I can pay attention to. And the Spirit of the Lord goes, no, it is time. It is time. It is time. It is time. It is time for my church to awaken. It is time for my people to arise. It is time for them not to be distracted. It is time for them not to be disillusioned. It is time for them to stop running away. It is time for my people to stand up for Jesus. It is time to get people into the house of the Lord. It is time to serve the body of Christ. It is time to make Jesus first priority. It is time. It is time. The time is now. The time is here. We are that generation. We are those people. We are that time. Amen. Now you stand up. Now I want to make this really clear. I don't want a single one of you to have a bit of fear. That is not why I preach this message. It is not to get you in fear. It is to get you in faith. It's to activate your faith, to go, wow, I can't believe. I never knew all these things. The Bible is so awesome. To activate your faith for you to go, Pastor Jeff, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Where do you want us to serve? I'm all in. We're going to give. We believe in this church. We support this church. We support what's happening. People are getting saved. People are getting baptized. People are getting set free. Marriages are being healed. We believe in this church. We want to be a part of what God's doing in the earth. God, we're with you. We're all in. Lord, we're all in. We know the time we live in. We're all in as a family. We're all in with our kids. We're all in, God. How do you want to use us? I want you to close your eyes. I want you to just put your hands up or put them out. And I want you just to ask the Lord this question. Say, Holy Spirit, how do you want to use our lives right now in this season? God, how do you want to use our marriage, our kids, our family in this season? How do you... Lord, I release the revelation and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit upon your people right now to be used for you, for your glory, for this point in time, this season of the earth. Lord, we recognize, we can, we can look at the weather and know the weather, but we look at the obvious signs right now and know the time that we live in. Lord, I, I ask you forgive us, Lord for being unaware. Forgive us for having a blind eye to it. Forgive us for not seeing it, Lord. Now, Lord, I ask that you would bring revelation and understanding of how you want to utilize our lives for your kingdom. How to be a blessing to this church. How to be a blessing to you, God, in this time, in this season, Lord. I pray for grace and wisdom and revelation right now. In Jesus, Jesus' mighty name. Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast.